Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Kim's Kitchen Table Talk. Today is my fourth season, first episode, so I have something special for you today. My daughter, Danielle, um, entrepreneur, boss, um, young lady, mother, all that, lover, lover, is here to interview me about my life and a little bit about why I um, started the podcast, Kim's Kitchen Table Talk. So I'm introducing you, Danielle. You want yeah. to say hi, hi to the audience? Hey guys, I'm just here with my mom. She just braided my hair, so. Yeah, that was the first in a long time. Yeah, you haven't braided my hair in a long time. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. It looks nice. Yeah, I like it. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> So it's a nice Saturday. I usually get the grandkids and, and and daughter usually comes over and cooks dinner or brings dinner, which is very good. We've been doing good on that note. But today it's about me and she's going to ask me questions, whether hard, soft, cold, hot, doesn't matter. So you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So on you. I ask questions every day. Okay. Go ahead. So what, what made you um, create this? podcast um i thought that i would put a platform to my story i always write and i always read and i know i need to write my book and let it go just like you need to write yours and let it go mm -hmm. right yeah. i know that i'm an author at heart but with all that's going on in this season this was the perfect platform so i need to let some things go you know it's COVID season you want to start from somewhere so this is my start and and anchor is the way to go so did you do you feel like you've let some things go do you feel like the podcast is helping you at all it sure helps me vent it does help me vent and it also um, shows me and is teaching me how to broadcast, which I love, um, the ins and outs of it. Yeah. It's helping me. So you typically feel kind of good after? I do. I do feel connected. I feel like I'm helping people and I feel like a lot of my stories will help people also just from experiences to teach yourself. I feel like a lot of my stories that's coming up in my episodes about surviving, whether it's being a single mother, whether it's being a married woman, whether it's being a dating woman, maybe it's being a cancer survivor. No, no dating. <laughs> You're married. Yeah, I'm married for 20 years, guys. I'm thinking about dating. No. <laughs> She's not, guys. I'm just kidding. My kids don't want me to do absolutely nothing. No. Okay. They love my husband. So do I. Let's move on. So what do you think the hardest lesson you learned in life? What's the hardest? The hardest lesson I learned in life is to, that's a good question, to not trust everyone um, and to, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe who they are. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Be like, nah, they didn't just do that to me. No, they believe them after they show you who they are. And um, yeah, and learning how to live through breast cancer was a major, a major hit. Yeah. Was, yeah, a major hard stepping stone in my life. So yeah, that would be one of them. 
How did how did you know you had breast cancer? Hmm. Well, um, I uh, I noticed it myself. I was just taking a shower and I was giving myself a breast exam. And that right there, guys, is something that all women should do from the time your child's breasts develop. The, the you know, the shower test, you get in the shower, you raise your arm and you do the circular motion. And I found uh, rice. It was like a piece of rice was stuck in my chest. And I thought nothing of it. And I just thought, um, you know, I didn't know what it was, a splinter? something like that. And then I came back the next month and um, it turned into like a sweet pea, a size of a sweet pea. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what is this? It's not a splinter now. Yeah. All right. And then I never had a mammogram, never thought to have a mammogram at all whatsoever. And um, then here comes the marble, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's time to go to the doctor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, and then, and then it started to get tender. Like if I laid on it, it started to get tender. And, and some people will say cancer doesn't hurt. So you can't feel it. That's why people go undiagnosed. But I'm letting you know, guys, it felt kind of tender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your um, hardest childhood memory? My hardest childhood memory would be my mother passing at nine years old. Yeah, my mother passing at nine years old. And, and, um, that would be the main one. So her passing at nine, why was it the hardest besides her leaving, of course? What did her leaving signify for you? Oh, I will never have a mother to go to. Um, but I always had my grandmother there. So, you know, it was just, uh, I guess, um, an emptiness that nobody could fill. Yeah. Yeah. That would be it. That would be one of them. I have many. So, so now you've you've grown. You've you've made it through breast cancer. You've been twenty years in marriage. What's your plans for the next year? Oh, my plans for the next year is to grow, to grow my podcast. I um, I would hope to bring it to a level is to where I'm interviewing some of my famous friends and family members. And um, that's what the podcast in life. I see myself moving to someplace sunny, warm and lots of water and just being surrounded by my family and my friends that I seldomly be around. And, but most of all, living life for myself, taking a little time for myself, because I usually don't. And also just relaxing, which I don't do. And the question was again? It was just, what do you see for yourself for the next year? The next year. And, and also I do want a small restaurant. So I'm trying to take, I'm going back to school for culinary and I would like to take myself to a small six table restaurant and just Southern food gospel. I have a couple of good ideas for a restaurant, put it that way. Kim's kitchen table talk. I would like to turn that into, instead of it being a podcast, make it a physical brick and mortar entity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank you. So you have um, many kids. 
<laughs> How many kids do I have? Wow. I have many kids. I have, I have three biological kids mm-hmm. of my own. Yes, and I have three um, grandchildren. I have, and I have them on my biological because I have them in custody, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the my daughters and my sons also, and then I have altogether I have six kids, and then I have seven grandkids. So that is, um, y'all are the loves of my lives anyway. I live for God first, and then my kids, my family second. So yeah, I do. I have a house full of kids, and I love it. I love cooking for them. I love teaching them. I love dressing them and I love to see them grow. And, you know, just to give them wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. That's that's what I want for my children. I want them to grow up to be law-abiding citizens, bosses, entrepreneurs, or authors, officers, whatever they want to be, they can be. Sky is the limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you talked about just kind of having a blended family and, and taking on your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like was the hardest part about, or if it was hard at all, taking on all three of your grandkids? Um, it was, I would say the hardest part of that was I was going through breast cancer full head on with that. I had my surgery, I had my chemo and the kids were pouring in at that time. Um, I only thought to myself, I never questioned God. But at that point, I did, like, why now? But you know what? God does things for a reason. And the hardest part about that is that I had my, uh, I think my biological, my, my TJ was like nine and he was the only child. So I'm bringing other children in the house, but he loved it. It was like, oh girl, I got a sister. I got a brother. I got a sister and a brother. But the hardest thing about that was just battling through breast cancer, not knowing if you're gonna see them graduate. Not thank you, Jesus. Not knowing if you're gonna see them um, walk down the aisle or a birthday, you're gonna, it just the not knowing was the hardest. Like, what am I gonna do? But God made a way out of no way and and not having their parents in their lives to um as you can say support or to be at a birthday party so that was kind of hard for them yeah Mm -hmm. so going through breast cancer um what you know all the stages did you always feel like you were gonna survive no no way. I'm telling you guys, going through breast cancer is like being reborn again at an, an adult level. It's like it takes you to your knees. And not only does it take you to your knees, you have to crawl through it. And the emotional bout that it takes and the mental about that it takes because you're 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 actually fighting through death that's what you're fighting through you're fighting for your life and you, you got to be strong-minded and your body gives out so with all the medications and all the surgeries i would say the hardest part was the chemo you know seeing your hair fall out and you gotta be there by yourself you you definitely need support 
And having children just made me get out the bed. Like it really, God was like, you're going to get out the bed for this one. You're not going to throw up all day and cry about your hair falling out because you have kids to take care of. So I, my kids being sent, my grandkids coming into my home was heaven sent to me. Uh, automatically coming through cancel with it. It was like, even if nobody shows up to give me some soup, I the baby's crying, you got to get up, you know? Yeah. Um, you're throwing up at the toilet, but the baby's throwing up too. So which one are you going to do? You're throwing up together, you know? So God made a way out of no way for me to say, um, yeah, you're going to fight through this and it's going to be hard. And the doctors even told me, and even, even some of the social workers told me, you can't do this. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, they're, they're my blood. I'm going to do this. You know, so God made that way. I thank you, Jesus, for making that way because it was hard. That was the hardest part. The chemo and the surgeries are really hard. But guys, don't give up. Know that God has your back and that don't let your mind go because mind over matter matters. Yes, it does. So out of all the relationships you kind of had in your life, what is one relationship you wish, that, one relationship that you lost that you wish you could have back. Ah, that is funny. Was that with men or is that with any, friends? Any any relationship. Okay, so if I had to start off, I would say a relationship with my uncle and my grandmother and my mother, who's they're no longer here. They're encouraging me from the clouds. Um, a better relationship with my dad. Um, which he's still here and we just can't seem to click, but we do in case of an emergency, break the glass. Um, relationships I could have that I I would say- um, Relationships that you lost. So not- That I lost? I would say my, my girlfriend, Annie, Andrea. So, you know, that was my sister, my best friend when shot and have no brother or no sister. So- even my biological sister and brothers, just better relationships with them that I wish I can have back. Um, let's see. If it had to do with guy friends, um, my Beetle, my Manta, my Kava, you know, all of those men that gave me wisdom. Like, they gave me so much wisdom. When it came down to dating and, and you know, when it came down to which man is playing you and don't deal with this dude and you know and stuff like that and then just loving relationships that you have had with men in your life like your dad um you would just wish that you can be friends yeah yeah and you wouldn't fight and and you could just be a family and you go your way i go my way and you just get it together because you know that you have a family to take care and you mend and blend that so i would say your dad is one i always thought he would be a really good friend i spent 18 years with him and we never got married thank you jesus but my whole thing is but my whole thing is i got two beautiful kids from him and i thought that we would still have a beautiful friendship that's it. Yeah. And just, you know, that relationship is very important to keep your kids grounded and your grandkids to show your grandkids that you have, you know, you can be a grandpa and a grandma and have those two because not too many households have a mother and a father. Yeah. And not too many households have a grandpa and a grandma. That's true. So my households had that. I had a grandma and a grandpa. 
I had one I could go see in Long Island. I had one I could go see in Brooklyn, you know, and, and they were together. And yeah. I got to sit down at the table with them and learn from them. And I just wish I had those relationships, especially with my girlfriends. Yeah. You know, that we can vibe and go out and they relieve pressure, mm-hmm. you know, because Andrea relieves so much pressure. Even though we critique each other and we fight back and forth, she just relieved so much pressure. We both did from each other and we laughed and had so much fun. So I miss that relationship too. I I really do. I need to try to get that back together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the next question. Like what relationship, what do you plan to do to kind of get some of those relationships back? Well, I don't have any plans to. I put it in God's hands and I pray for it. I will... You know, I'll call and just ask for forgiveness if there's anything that I have done. Because I can be a spitfire. And then going through breast cancer, people don't understand. They just think, oh, she's crazy. No, there's there's steps to this. There's things that you go through that just that friend is not going to understand or that sister is not going to understand. So my whole thing with that is the the steps I'm going to take is just say, hey, no matter what happened, and I might not remember because I have chemo brain or I have brain freezes or whatever, but my whole thing is forgive me. Yeah. Even if you don't, I forgive you. Yeah. And just if we can talk once a month, that's good enough for me. And if we can't and you don't want, I understand. And that's with everybody. But most of the people I've been talking to, I've been, you know, we've been good. We, we talk once a month and that's the way it goes. And, you know, I'm mending. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm ending. Some of them. <laughs> that's some of them. You know, I, I, my sisters. Yeah, I have sisters that I haven't talked to in years. So, you know, when it comes down to them, and I see them like on YouTube or something, I'm like, that's my sister. Right. Or Facebook. Oh my gosh, that's my sister. Right. Like I'm older than her, and that's a shame, by the way. Yeah. Because if you can, the family separate. Right, the family is separated, and cousins then, don't see cousins, and yeah, and and they don't care. You know, that's that's the hard part about it, is that they don't care because when I was living in Brooklyn, I made sure we all got together. Yeah, you know, I made sure you come to my house, bring all the kids; they can stay the night. It's not a problem. Yeah. So when I left, it's like you holding that against me because I needed to start my own life. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I I just remember us growing up around a lot of family. <laughs> and I made that I made that happen because it needed to happen. Yeah. Because I didn't I had a family and your father's mother showed me how to have a family. And my mm-hmm. grandmother in Long Island showed me and my grandmother Marcy showed me. She said, even though you don't have your mother and your father, you got me, Nisi, Carol, Barbara, you know, you got the Puerto Ricans downstairs. You, yeah. that's your family. You know, Miss Gloria next door, that's your family. Yeah. So, and that's, just leaving that with me, I think this world is like broken. My family anyway, I'm not going to even go on a world part of it, but I just see a lot of brokenness, you know, where you need to reach out. And I'm working on that with a couple of distant elders to try to get the family together. We'll see how it go after COVID season. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. good. So you've, you've learned a lot, you've grown a lot, um, you have plans for the future to do better, reach out, um, and grow and move somewhere sunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my goal. The sunshine and the water. I love the beaches. 
I love the water. And yeah, I, 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 that's my goal. So what would, what would you tell people right now who's battling maybe breast cancer or mental health or um, broken relationships and broken families? How, what message would you give them at this time in their lives? I would say to a person that is battling breast cancer to fight. That's number one. You're going to fight with your mind, your body, and your soul. Never give up. Never give up. I don't care if you're by yourself. Don't give up. And try, excuse me, not to think about this is the end of your life and this is a death sentence because it's not. There is life after cancer. You have to keep fighting. That's what I would say. And I do have a nonprofit, Speak Up to Cancer. If you need me, you can look me up and you'll be able to find me and I will help you. Um, help you get through that. Um, and pray a lot. Take time to yourself. Meditate. Read your Bible and take your medication. And when it comes down to the mental health, it's so bad in the African community, African-American community. It's like, we don't want to go get help. Uh, you have to go talk to somebody. I'm going to let you know. Soon as cancer treatment started, um, psychological treatment started, um, counseling, therapy, all of that starts and it's never over. I will continue to go for the rest of my life to get mental health. It is very important to get it because if you don't, you're not going to be well in your head and your body's going to be ill also. So, and when it comes down to what was the other question you said about broken families, and broken families, I would say reach out because regardless to the fact you're still blood and I know they have this thing, blood is thicker than water or not really because people that are strangers could do more for me than my family does. And you know, I can meet this girl and she do stuff for me that my sister haven't done for me, but we're still blood. We come from the same person. And I would say, just take that into consideration about your ancestors. If you need a kidney or if you need some blood transfusion, that other person can't give it to you. It's okay to have a friend because Annie was my friend over all my sisters. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep it funky. That was my sister. So I understand how that can go, but you can't keep on living separate from your family, because like my daughter said, your cousins won't know their cousins. They'll be dating them. Like if you live in New York and then one of them come down here to um, Virginia or North Carolina <laughs> or Florida, and you'll be like, I was dating my cousin. I mean, really it happens. Yeah. And then there's incest. So my whole thing is know your family know your family. And even though you don't like them, you pick up the phone. And when it comes down to blending, you try until you're exhausted, until it's a part of you that says, this is dangerous. And if it's dangerous, then you leave it alone. Yeah. You leave it alone and you still continue to pray for them. That's what you do. You still continue to pray for them. Well, mom, that's all the questions I have for you today. Really? Yeah. That was awesome. What if I want to question you now? Okay. You <laughs> so what was the hardest part about you hearing your mom being diagnosed with breast cancer? So I think 
when you were diagnosed with breast cancer, I was battling mental health. Mm -hmm. And so the hardest part for me was being there for you because I think our relationship was so hard at that time. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had tried to commit suicide in the past. So Mm -hmm. it was more like, okay, let me get out the house to save my life. Right. So I could, you know, help my mental health, Mm -hmm. but then you were battling cancer. So I feel like I wasn't able to be there for you as much because mentally I wasn't there for myself. I understand that. If you can't help someone, if you can't help someone, if you're mentally weak, it's not you can't be good for no one else. You have to yeah. help yourself before you can help anybody else. That's what you have to do. And I, I have no regrets because um you're here now. Yeah. That's the that's the most important thing. We're both here now. You know, I thank God that we're both here now and um, we're both getting help for whatever else we need and we're better at it for doing it. And like they say, they say together you strive or something and divided you fall. So I believe in that concept and mental health is something that everybody needs to get now. It's something that's very important. Yeah, definitely. Everybody around me is getting diagnosed with different things and I'm dissecting them and I'm like, wow, do I have that? Yeah. Or did I have that before? Because your symptoms are sounding like my symptoms, you know? And and I'm glad that I have a counselor or therapist. Telehealth is very good too, guys. Y'all ain't got to go sit on the couch and lay on the couch. You can go and get on your computer and do telehealth. Yeah. But my whole thing is just diagnosing yourself, you know, something's wrong, all of the funerals, all of the dysfunctional family, all of the diseases, all of the trauma, whether it's from family molestation, whether it's from cancer or whether it's from anything that happened, losing a parent, losing a parent, a parent getting diagnosed with cancer alone is, you know, you need to talk to somebody that's neutral. That's what it is. I'm not going to go talk to my father about it because he's not neutral. Yeah. You know, he's going to give me my wisdom and he's going to give me my understanding and, you know, point that finger at me and shake that finger. But my whole thing, I just need to sit down with a professional sometimes. So mental health is one to get. And I thank you guys for coming to join us for this deep episode. Yeah. This was a deep episode. We didn't even plan this one. This was something that, and that's what a podcast is about. It's not planned. That's what I like about it too. You say what you want, say what's on your mind, and maybe you can help some people. So thank you, Danielle, my sweet daughter. You're welcome, ma. My boss baby. (laughs) My boss baby for, um, joining your mother on this episode of Kim's Kitchen Table Talk. Hey guys, thank you for joining and have a good day. Stay blessed. Peace. Stay safe. Bye-bye.